Player Profiler and our podcast network is super resource intensive, and we rely on premium subscriptions to the website playerprofiler.com to keep the engine running. Go there, sign up for our player rankings, Dynasty Deluxe, DFS package, or go all in. Those that subscribe are everything to us. It reminds me of Zorro. I love it. <laughs> I love that we have a pirate show. <laughs> Should wear the Zorro mask. The pirate ship are there, matey. <laughs> the Dominator ship. Oh man, I, I have one somewhere. <laughs> well, I have an eye patch somewhere. You wear it the whole show. Are there, matey? <laughs> we be having the NFL draft, and there are some winners and some losers. Yes, there is. I think I would pay good money to see the Podfather's prop chest back there. The little did, dom- did, I got it pretty quick. <laughs> you did. It wasn't yeah. like I was like fumbling around too long. I, I lift up a piece of paper. Boom! There's the the eye patch. I imagine that you have this like pirate chests in the corner with all these props for the show i do yeah like, uh, <laughs> like these glasses yeah <laughs> these are one of my favorite glasses yeah i have a lot of stuff <laughs> are there we be on the pirate ship of the nfl draft new <laughs> prospects yeah <laughs> oh talking uh, got a lot to talk about today Woo! yeah we do there's a lot of a lot of uh players that dodged competition we haven't talked enough about that i've been obsessing over the rookies and and which teams drafted well which teams drafted poorly and then you look up and you're like oh geno smith is set up for major success rashad white did not get the touch competition we were expecting oh i'm on ross and brown's gonna get like 200 targets what am I missing with Irv Smith? There's just there's so many players where you were just expecting. Of course, the Bengals are going to draft a tight end. There's so many good ones. Thought nope. So. Nope. 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 They, they said, F it. We're rolling with Irv Smith. We're not doing it. Well, that's, that's why I wanted to like create this show sheet today because I've been listening to a lot of our podcasts and it's like, I love talking about the rookies. I love talking about the landing spots. I love talking about the draft capital. I love talking about what teams did right, what teams did wrong, and how it's going to affect fantasy. But you're right. We have not talked about veteran winners, veteran losers, and post-draft and how it's going to affect fantasy teams because a lot of people already have these people on their rosters, and they're heading into their dynasty drafts, and they're wondering, did my players come out winners? Did they come out losers? And now this is the time for them to really kind of dive in, take a look at what our analysis is, and we can let them know there's some big winners from the draft this year. I mean, there's some you big agree surprises. With me that the Geno Smith is the biggest winner at quarterback. Oh, absolutely. I yeah. Mean, it, it's they went out and got Jackson Smith and Jigba picked 20 overall. I mean, they still have DK Metcalf. I mean, they got them another bat. I mean, there, there's a lot. They didn't draft a single quarterback. No, they didn't. Huge this, winner. I mean, that no, not even 
of Stetson Bennett. Right? Yeah. Nothing. No one. And it's what we kind of we were expecting them to take. You know, maybe that tier quarterback, maybe a Will Levis. We thought something was going to happen, right? We didn't think that they were going to just avoid it altogether, and that's what they did. And, I mean, Gino had a productive year last year. I mean, he was quarterback nine in pass attempts. He was quarterback number eight in deep ball attempts. I mean, he was, you know, quarterback 10 in red zone attempts. This was a pretty efficient offense. Air yards, quarterback seven. Money throws, quarterback number three. Passing yards, he had almost 4,300 passing yards. That's sneaky good. Quarterback number eight. And so he has the weapons. They just added another one. You know, my only question is this offense is it was one of the teams that ran the most 12 personnel. Are they going to continue to do that even with Jackson Smith and the Jigba? Or are they going to go to more three wide receiver sets? It's going to be interesting to see what this team does this year. Oh, I think they're, they, they want to pass the ball because even when they drafted Zach Charbonnet, the reason why that Pete Carroll said was, oh, we're going to, we're going to, we need to upgrade the screen game. Right. So think about that for a second. Now, the contract that Geno Smith signed was so team friendly. It was one of the most team friendly quarterback deals I have ever seen. His cap hit this year is only $10 million. And then it jumps to $30 million and $33 million. He's just begging them to cut him. But, yeah, $30 million cap hit, and then what 20 to 25 million in yearly cash. If he's even serviceable, well, I should say, if he's just a notch above serviceable, he was beyond, he was better than serviceable last year. That's what I'm saying. If he just repeats last year with the upgraded weapons, if he can just repeat what he did last year, which was well above serviceable. Yeah. He could just he could take a slight step back, Billy. Yeah, it, he would necessarily need to be kept. They have the out next year, right? But it's only like seventeen million of dead cap. It's not that much for a quarterback for a starting quarterback who's performing well. It's nothing. I think he's going to be their quarterback for two years. I'd say at the least. Yeah, he's going to be their quarterback for two years. And then they're going to make this decision. Is he worth a $33 million cap hit in 2025? And if he's put together at that point, three straight quality seasons, of course he won't. But the thing is he won't get to that year of the contract. He's going to restructure and get an extension in 2024. If he plays well, well enough for them to not cut him in 2024, then once the, the deadline to cut him, has lapsed his agent just goes right the next day like right knocking on pete carroll's door like hey, show me the money we're ready <laughs> hey, it, maybe they don't draft a quarterback next year if he just keeps playing well you just keep rolling it over and rolling it over and rolling it over this is what the vikings have been doing with kurt cousins they if, thought that he was a temporary solution. They keep rolling it over, rolling it over. And when they're on the clock in the first round, they have the option of trading up. They have the option of drafting a Hendon Hooker, and they don't. They have the option of drafting a Will Levis. They could have drafted Will Levis this year in the late first round. They didn't, right? They're just like, oh, God, we probably maybe should go. No, we can't. We are going for it again with Kirk Cousins. So that this could be the same situation that the Seahawks find themselves in with Geno Smith. And when you have 
Metcalf, Lockett, and and Jigba. What? Like, question for you: If Geno Smith has a similar year as he did last year, right? We talked about just briefly we did earlier, but I mean, look at the other metrics: yards per attempt, number nine. Adjusted yards per attempt, number eight. Fantasy points per game, quarterback eight. Play action completion percentage, number three. Pressure completion percentage, quarterback five. Deep ball percentage, number five. True completion percentage, number four. If he maintains these stats and they have another above 500 year, let's say they get in the playoffs next year, what type of contract is he going to command once it's up for renewal, or maybe he says, you know what? I want an extension next year. This right? way he's, he will. Like and what he will, what does that year, look like going into the summer of 2024? He is going to demand an extension as he should. His ADP at the FFPC, Billy is 145. 145 for the guy that has arguably the best wide receiver trio in the NFL. Well, let's, Let's take a quick minute to hear from our sponsors, and then we'll pick this conversation back up when we get back. You know, people always ask me, hey, what is the the World Series of Fantasy or the Super Bowl of Fantasy Football? And it's easy. It's the FFPC, the Fantasy Football Players Championship. It's a $6 million prize pool, and they've had their never-too-early best ball leagues cranking since February and so the FFPC is the answer to so many questions. Hey, hey, where's the best place to get a dynasty orphan? Well, you can adopt a dynasty orphan at the FFPC. That's why we partner with them. If you want to play fantasy football for low, medium, high stakes, seasonal, best ball, dynasty, go to the FFPC. And don't forget, promo code UNDERWORLD to get you $25 off your first team. $25 off your first team, no matter what team it is, no matter what format it is, at the FFPC. Go do it. FFPC! Speaking of the FFPC, I didn't even realize that Theo and I moved our first-class fantasy recording to tonight. We're recording after this show, so for those of you who are live, stay tuned directly after. We're going to be recording first-class fantasy. But... I totally forgot. I signed up for a best ball draft earlier in the week at the same time. So I'm going to be recording and drafting at the same time. <laughs> what about Jack? What about player profiler today? Is he getting bumped? Um, no, I think it's, is he after us? He's usually at seven o'clock. Yeah, but he's 30 minutes. So we're going after him. We're going at at seven 30. Okay. Yeah. Four 30. My time. Well, we're not going to finish this show by seven o'clock. It'll be close. We're we're gonna we're gonna be coming in the the needle maybe maybe Jack over. may get bu- is Jack gonna get bumped? Jack Jack might get bumped five minutes. First, the class first fantasy. time in history Jack gets bumped, <laughs> or the show gets shortened. Maybe he gets get, has to go, or you guys start fifteen minutes later. Well, yeah, we'll just we'll just we'll here's, just push everything. Here's my my guidance on this. My feeling. Jack is a machine. Yep. So were you, and so is Dario. You guys are different kinds of machines. <laughs> this guy is a model of consistency, yeah. going live or dropping a video every single damn day at 7 o'clock. It's pretty crazy. And the idea that we would bump him 
is unfortunate. I think we will because this show is going to go over. But at that point, I think you got to let him do his thing. Go live and and do player profile today. He's earned it. Jack has earned his time slot. The mustache has gravitas. There's a lot of power and respect in that mustache. You know who else commands a lot of respect is Ramondre Stevenson for the Patriots. And the Patriots had 12 draft picks inside the 2023 draft. And guess what? They didn't use any of them to draft a running back. They were supposed to. They should have. Maybe, maybe they should. would. I mean, they still have Kevin, they would. Kevin Harris. I didn't hear anyone saying that uh, Zach Charbonnet would go to Seattle. I know it's because Seattle does stupid things, but but I but I but I did hear it was a certainty, Billy, that the Patriots were going running back, that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were going running back because they had Zach Charbonnet in for a top thirty visit. I tried to explain to people. Cody's trying to explain to people that is as close to meaningless as it's just they had a hole in their prospect evaluation. They they were missing information. They needed to talk to him uh, and complete their process with him it didn't necessarily mean that they liked him more than other running backs. Rashad white, man, Rashad white, Rashad white. I'm, I'm it's so many fantasy gamers are predisposed to like certain players and mm. not like certain players. And it just so happens that Rashad white's one of those players. They're predisposed to not like, I don't know why it is. It's probably a small sample trap on a, rookie year yards per carry yeah which i don't care about i really don't especially when the entire offensive line was hurt i do not care but okay you want to you want to just fixate on that one statistic okay good luck with that and, yeah, and, and lose all context all right so we zoom out on these players and we say okay rashad white is 215 has the all-purpose skill set we want has almost no touch competition what is it chase edmonds and now, now these fantasy Chiefs gamers that are, that are that are so they're they're just obsessively fading Rashad White. Any confirmation bias you can possibly toss at them, they will dunk it. They will grab it and dunk it. Even if a guy's undrafted, they'll be like, "Oh, there were health concerns," and and, and if Tampa had a, a clean health evaluation, then where it's all systems go on Sean Tucker. And he's better than Rashad White. And it's like Rashad White was a day two pick last year. Rashad White was a dominant college producer. Rashad White had one of the great stories of a player rising up out of the primordial soup and, and creating a professional athlete. And Sean Tucker is an athlete. He's been an athlete and he's a he's a stiff straight line-ish runner. He has explosiveness, right? He's a like a lesser Israel Abanacanda. And I don't hear anybody concerned that Abanacanda is going to cannibalize touches from Brees Hall, but that's no. Brees Hall is at one of the chosen one running backs. Yeah. If, if you are in the club, if you got the second round capital, if you have the, the, the the college tape that everybody wants to see. If you flashed, especially you know, a big time reception profile as a rookie, Brees Hall did all these things. I love Brees Hall, right? But it it's 
pretty arbitrary to say, oh, well, a ban of Canada doesn't affect Brees Hall, but I'm really worried about Sean Tucker when I'm looking <laughs> impacting Rashad White. It's nonsense. Yeah, that- you can't you can't say that Sean Tucker's gonna drastically impact Rashad White. Rashad White was seeing the field even when they had Leonard Fournette on the team. And with Leonard Fournette and f- walking in free agency, maybe there's a chance he comes back. There's a chance they sign another veteran. But as of right now, on a projection standpoint, Rashad White is owning this backfield. I mean, he's at right now projected 51% of the rushing share, a little over 200 touches or carries, I should say. We have him for a 9% target share. He was RB12 last year in targets. He had 58 targets as a rookie. And we're only going to see that go up. And I understand. And he caught gonna... all but eight of them. He had 50 yeah. catches, Billy. He's he had fluid, 50 catches. Man. Like, oh, but Brees Hall had like, these 10 catch games. Okay. Well, Rashad White had an eight catch game and he had a nine catch game. See how arbitrary this is? Yeah. And you got to think about it. people are only focusing on one factor. And they're saying Tom Brady's gone. The passing volume is going to come down, which is true. But what happens when you get an inexperienced quarterback or a quarterback who is less than stellar in Baker, right? So they have Baker, they have Kyle Trask. Both are going to do what when they're in the box and they're getting pressured? They're going to dump it off to the running back. Yeah, they're going to dump it off to the running back who has an 87th percentile burst score and an 84th percentile speed score. Yeah, I love Rashad White. You're starting to see his ADP climb. Sharps at the FFPC. His ADP is up five spots this week alone. He's, he's climbed all the way to 74.8. So we're starting to see the masses react to the draft already. We're starting to see his ADP adjust. Was in my opinion, is it should have. And people are are people are smart. They're sharp. There's a lot of information out there. They listen to the podcast. They know where Rashad White stands. Right. They're I mean, look, look at this. I mean, he had a game with. 22 carries, okay, and 105 total yards. The next game, he only had 14 carries, but in that game, he had nine receptions, so he had 109 yards. Yep. Those were the games where his snap share was above 60% because Leonard Fournette was not healthy. Those are the two games, two games with a snap share above 60%. And in both of those games, he went over 100 total yards. Look at some of his routes in, in, in that year. That same game, he had 31 routes ran that game, 67.4% yeah. route rate. Yeah, he, even in games where he only had like half the snaps, he's running 30 routes. Yep. He's yeah. a phenomenal receiver. That's another thing. That's another thing. Like, oh, Jameer Gibbs is going to catch so many passes. He's going to catch 70 passes. Why can't Rashad White do that? Rashad White's not competing with David Montgomery. Yeah, I, I love Rashad White this year. The only only concern is the offensive line. The offense isn't going to be as efficient without Brady, but I think that oh, they drafted Cody Motch. They did. And and I they think they drafted Cody Motch. They're gonna have a healthy Tristan Wirfs. There's there's gonna be improvements on the line, is where I was going with this. And I think that the offense will be a little bit more efficient than people are imagining. This is kind of like a a Seattle. 2.0 like we look back to last year and everyone looked and said hey this offense is going to be horrible you know they don't have russell wilson there's all these changes the offensive line is bad and uh, look what happened right they outperformed mm-hmm. expectations i mean you look at the weapons that they have they still have mike evans they still have chris godwin they have an improved offensive line a healthier line and let's face it baker was actually pretty good when he's on the rams last year and so I think that given the opportunity here with the new weapons that he has, 
it, they could surprise people. And I, I think regardless, Rashad White, whether they're improved or not, Rashad White's still going to have a lot more of the opportunity share than he did last year. And they're going to have an improved line to get increased efficiency. And worst case scenario, he's going to get the dump off. So it's kind of a, he's kind of a built-in floor with unlimited ceiling right now. Yeah. And he can break long runs in the screen game because right. he's so explosive and he's strong. It's, it's really, it's really too easy. It's just, this one is too easy. I know that Jameer Gibbs seasonal ADP is only going higher and higher and higher and higher. It's already 25 slots ahead of Rashad White. That's more than two full rounds. And it's going it, to, that gap is just going to keep widening. But Rashad White is also rising. You said in the FFPC, just in the last couple of weeks, he's up five spots, half, half a round. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's not going unnoticed. But it's not noticed enough. It's it's not the smash that many should be viewing him as. They're viewing it as like a value pick. And it's like, no, 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 no. This is not a value pick. This is a smash pick. I think this so is too. a this is a high floor, high ceiling smash in that particular zone of drafts. When there's receivers are just underwhelming in that. So all the receivers you really wanted are gone at that point. You have to go back and get your second running back in that exact sort of draft slot. And then boom, the great gift is there of Rashad white. Now you mentioned Ramadre Stevenson. Yes. How bullish are you on Ramadre Stevenson? I think I have him as RB RB eight or RB nine inside the rankings. And I, I was catching quite a bit of grief for it earlier in the process, but guess what? People saw they didn't draft a running back. We mentioned mm-hmm. earlier they had twelve draft picks, didn't take a running back. They didn't even touch the position with those twelve picks. Yep. Right. We yep. saw da- Damian Harris left in for agency, and Ramondre Stevenson already dominated this backfield last year. He saw sixty-one point six percent of the backfield touches, fifty-nine percent of the running back carries. We saw him as RB three inside the passing game with what is it 87 targets or something like that i think he's in for another massive workload and and i know it's the patriots it's bill belichick but when bill belichick finds something that works that's the one thing that we can count on him doing is repeating that process right we knew that they have they're going back to hard-nosed football they're looking to have a good defense and increase the run game. And so I think that we can continue to see this here in 2023. They already don't trust Mac Jones. They've made that very evident, clear. They've talked about it left and right. I think we're going to see, you know, another pretty heavy usage from Ramondre Stevenson. Can I tell you what I hate? <laughs> yeah. Can I tell you what I hate? Hold on, let's boo you know him first. I, you let's know what him. I hate? I hate it so much. I let's hate it. I really, really hate it. (laughs) When these drones on social media refer to themselves as we. Yeah. Okay. Aren't we concerned? Aren't we the collective? It's not just me. It's all the other smart people that are looking at Rashad White. And we're thinking, oh, don't we have concerns that he's actually good or not it's like no no we evaluated him in college okay and then (laughs) here's the thing tampa evaluated him and tampa was like we need to get this guy more touches than leonard fournette leonard fournette super bowl hero leonard fournette it was a first round draft pick 
Leonard Fournette. And, and so the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are telling you with their actions in the draft and with their roster moves, that's when teams are unable to lie to you. Correct. There's no coach speak with draft picks. There's no coach speak with cuts and signings. And they're not drafting anybody after taking a guy in the third round, which is premium draft capital now for a running back, and then feeding him in games where Fournette was active, Rashad White outsnapping him. The team is telling you he's good, right? Mm -hmm. And in the draft, whenever a team drafts a guy and when they overdraft, like let's say the Lions overdraft Jameer Gibbs. Well, the Lions told did, did they us Jameer Gibbs is electric and elite and amazing and and just the best satellite back since Christian McCaffrey. That's what that draft pick tells us. The Lions picked him there for a reason. And then there's a, well, what about all these this evidence that Tampa has provided on Rashad White with their actions? Oh, well, I saw a yards per carry I didn't like last year. So, no, in this case, in this particular situation i'm not going to listen to the team but i am going to listen oh i'm all aboard the lions telling me what i want to hear on jameer gibbs and and the, the case for jameer gibbs is hey hey it's it's very possible this guy could catch 70 passes do you know who got 69 passes last year good number by the way <laughs> ramadre stevenson <laughs> so this is the funny thing with rookies Right. The funny thing is like, you know, this guy could catch 70 passes if things break right. Well, we you know, we have guys that already did that. Correct. So maybe you do that and not the shiny new object. The fact that he had 58 targets in a Tom Brady offense as a rookie says a lot about him as a player. Brady would not have had him in the passing game if he didn't one trust him or two believe that he was going to be able to not get him get him killed and be able to perform inside the passing game we're only going to see that opportunity increase and the offensive line is only going to get better so this is where the analytics are you know misleading because people are going to only look at the yards per carry they're only going to look at the yards before contact they're going to look at all these different things and say hey you know what he only had um you know 3.6 true yards per carry he was only seeing 4.3 yards per touch you know he, he didn't really have you know a high breakaway rate you know it, and so yet 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 exactly yet. because when you have a shit offensive line it's a lot hard to perform as a running back yes there's some running backs who are better at you know breaking off a of contact but he's his Jesus he Christ. makes his bread and butter inside of the passing game and if he's able to yeah. now expand upon that role on the ground and continue to get better on the ground as the offensive line improves, running back two is is not his upside. That's the floor. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. And and this is the worst, right? Adam in the chat is saying, <laughs> "Well, well, so you're telling me the the NFL's never wrong? No, my position is the NFL's wrong all the time. But those that keep comping Jameer Gibbs to Christian McCaffrey because draft capital." Are necessarily hold up only looking at the draft capital as the primary driving factor in their prospect evaluation. And I've been saying no, you can't do that because there's also comps that happen to include draft capital because CJ Spiller once upon a time was a top 10 pick. So that one actually the draft capital is aligned, but you could go to Kenyon Drake and others 
if you, there's been plenty of problematic satellite backs that never elevated themselves to an Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey. And talk about just, a satellite back though, who is going to elevate himself. Tony Pollard. Yes. Right? See, there. Oh see. man. And you know, Billy, it, I don't know how many times we have to tout a player and sometimes have to truth or a player for years. And then they finally break out all over the place. They finally get their just desserts. And how many people were saying Tony Pollard was bad? Oh, he just can't, he can't overpass Zeke. He, he well, and he, and he, he can't hold up. He's not durable enough. And then what, what do the Dallas Cowboys tell us with their draft picks? Oh, they're all in on Pollard. All in. They're going to feed him. That's the message that, that we are receiving. That's the message. I am much more likely to process the information that NFL teams are giving me uh, with high certainty when it's related to opportunity share than it is efficiency. I don't know how good a lot of these 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 uh, players are going to be when they get to the NFL, and the NFL doesn't either. There's a huge cloud of uncertainty around all these players. Okay, we're not sure. I. We have a, a confidence level. It's in the breakout finder. The breakout finder has the exact confidence level for all these players, right? There's a confidence level of you know, 65 to 70% on Jameer Gibbs that he's going to have a breakout season. It's very high based on where he was drafted, but there's also the possibility that he busts. No, so like we, we have to know what we know and know what we don't know. The information that we're gleaning from NFL teams related to opportunity has a much higher certainty. It's it's a damn certainty that the NFL is it, it, the Cowboys have said with their actions Pollard will be fed. Tampa has said with their actions that Rashad White will be fed. Detroit has said with their actions that Jameer Gibbs is excellent. That yep. Jameer Gibbs is a true difference maker. That Jameer Gibbs is truly special at running back. That I'm not so sure of. Only because I've seen so many, not just top 15, I'm talking top 10 picks flame out. And I remember criticizing the, the Kevin White pick. Kevin White was drafted in the top 10. I remember that pick. And it didn't make any sense. The guy had a big senior year. It was a Juco transfer, super athletic. And we we were like, I remember like, Hey guys, athleticism is not nearly as predictive for wide receivers. as his running backs. Rashad white's athleticism is orders of magnitude, more predictive for his future success in the NFL than Kevin White or Brashad Perriman or all these other size speed specimens at wide receiver that never did a goddamn thing in the NFL. So yes, we focus on the right details. And when it comes to the messages we're receiving from the NFL on draft day, we pay the most attention to, and it's factored in the most to the opportunity share. So I always say, Opportunity is king in fantasy football. It is in the NFL as well. And, and Pollard, for instance, in this scenario, they didn't take a running back in this draft until pick 635, and they took Deuce Vaughn with pick 212. Now, 
when we say winners and losers here, they were definitely winners in the draft. We're not saying they're scot clear free of free agents being added to the team because all these guys still have a realistic chance of, of having at least some workload or I should say their opportunity reduced in some capacity with a free agent addition. But as of today, NFL teams are signaling that Tony Pollard is in for a monster year again, based upon them not taking a running back and Deuce Vaughn is, is an undersized back. And so I would expect them to utilize him in some capacity and they have a little bit of maybe biases towards him with his father being on the coaching staff, but, or is it a scout, a scout or a scout? Yeah, I think it, is what it that's is. why they drafted him, Billy. Exactly. It was a legacy pick. It was a favor. Yeah. They know that those picks rarely hit. They're going to have to churn the free agent pool at running back. That's what they're going to have to do. This yeah. The arc- is Zeke laying back on the team is my, my probably the most likely. You have Fournette, it could be though. Zeke Hunt. or it could be Fournette. Or Hunt. Or Hunt. There's a whole bunch of possibilities. Probably one. It doesn't matter, though. Exactly. It doesn't matter. It's Pollard is not going to lose significant touches to any of those guys. Sure, some short yardage stuff, but I think it's going to be it's going to be the Tony Pollard show. That's the message we've received. Yeah, Pollard was electric last year. I mean, we take a look at the metrics, and he was heavily involved inside this offense. Very explosive, right? He was running back number eight in fantasy points per game, running back 12 in receiving yards, running back 15 in rushing yards. Um, You take a look at the breakaway rate. We talk about explosiveness, 8.8% running back four. Breakaway runs, number three, with, with 17 like we this is why breakaway runs yeah it is oh my god i remember like it just looked i remember looking at his opportunity thinking that was the only thing that was going to you know hinder him as in the fantasy and then he would just break one off and it'd be like 60 yards and a touchdown you know and that's what that's what he was doing that's why he was so good i mean yards per touch 5.9 he was rb number five and so this is why we like explosive backs. This is why I had been kind of stashing Pollard forever. This is why I kept going back to the well and back to the well and back to the well, right? It took him a few years to break out. He was RB58 in his rookie campaign, RB51 in 2020. He was RB30 in 2021. And finally, 2022, finally given a little bit larger role, gets more of the opportunity because Zeke is, in, is dusted in the words of Theo. And look what we have. Tony Pollard, RB8 last year. Love it. Yeah, there, there's a there's a significant Jameer Gibbs hype in the chat. <laughs> it's a bunch of lion fans in here. Yeah, you got a guy, you got a lot of the Lions logo saying he's gonna be Debo Samuel. <laughs> you, you got people, people victory lapping his tape in college, right? <laughs> like his yards per carry wasn't that impressive. It was very, it was average for a college running back, but no, we don't want to talk about that. No, 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 no. Lions fans in here hoping he's Barry Sanders 2.0. Yeah. No, the tape, the tape. <laughs> no, it's, it's uh, no, the tape. Christian. And I love Chappie it when, when they say heavier. tape and, and when they say tape, they're watching all the highlights on, on ESPN from college tape. Yeah. He definitely <laughs> broke some tackles and had some big runs as did all. You, you know, who else had phenomenal tape, by the way, you had one some of the greatest tape I've ever seen because in college, a professional running back, a guy that's going to be playing on Sundays, they break so many damn tackles. Yeah. Right. They break so many damn tackles. That was that was what we loved about uh, Javante Williams at UNC. Lots of broken tackles. But the tackle breaking machine in college was David Montgomery. <laughs> 
<laughs> if that's what you're looking for, tape guy, if Mr. Tape Grinder in the chat, college tape grinder, then you really should be you should be standing up for David Montgomery here, not Jameer Gibbs. We got a Steve Smith burner in here right there. <laughs> oh yeah steve smith steve smith is a, a big jonathan mingo fan yeah that's right yeah wow Oof. <laughs> let's Oof. see let's woof woof steve smith not good at this not good at this steve i love that it retweeted wide receiver <laughs> i love that he retweeted the the cooper cup thing at the draft again that was hilarious yeah wow yeah well he's 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 got a lot riding on mingo here Guy that did not separate at all. It, it, did did he not check the separation metrics? Carolina didn't either. It's uh, <laughs> weird, man. Carolina had no idea that a five seven quarterback has almost no precedent for success in the NFL. They forgot to run that particular measurement uh, through the model, and uh, they also forgot to run the separation. It, it was evident at the senior bowl. Now he does have the alpha body, but there's no guarantee that he's going to be better than Terrace Marshall. They're both second round picks and they're both were good. Not great in the sec. You could argue because of the uh, teammate score on the breakout finder that Terrace Marshall was actually more impressive than Jonathan Mingo came out early. Mingo stayed for his senior year. I mean, there are red flags on the Jonathan Mingo profile. You can draft a guy like Jonathan Mingo typically in the in the third, fourth, fifth round. Even guys like that go undrafted sometimes, like Alan Lazard. So I did not understand that. I thought Carolina had an awful draft, just a just a terrible draft. So I think we just keep the Lions theme going because another winner inside of this uh, NFL draft was Amon Ross St. Brown. Oh, big time. I, I oh, big time. That, that's the thing, right? That's the bearing of the lead. I love the bearing of the lead. Let's fixate on all the ways that the coaches and the offensive coordinators are going to drop plays in my mind's eye, in my imagination, all these imaginary plays we've never seen before, but we're going to see them on Sundays for Jameer Gibbs and lose sight of what we already know, the gift that we already have, Right. Just open up the present, open up the box. You got Amon Ross St. Brown, 200 targets just landed in his lap. This is amazing. Do you really think that? What do you think? You think Jameer Gibbs is gonna, is gonna, uh, sort of displace Amon Ross St. Brown? Amon Ross St. Brown is the truth. Amon Ross St. Brown is one of the doggiest dogs at wide receiver he is going to look at jameer gibbs and he's going to laugh he's going to laugh if jameer gibbs thinks that he could sort of usurp his role in any way in this offense no chance so i had amon ross st brown ranked ahead of aj um or ahead of um i had i had him i think it was it number nine pre-draft in wide receiver rankings had him ahead of of Devontae Adams. I had a I, I had him pretty high. People were giving me a lot of shit for it. Jamison Williams suspension comes in. 
they don't really add anybody worth mentioning inside the draft outside of Jabir Gibbs, the passing game. Yes, they get Sam Laporta. I expect him to be the tight end one for this team because they just don't have a tight end. But his his target share went up in my projections after the draft. Of course it did. He went at 29% in the projections, which is 170 targets. That's with giving Sam Laporta 10%. That's with giving Jameer Gibbs almost 9% or 50 targets, right? There's nobody else. No, but, no but Billy, you need to give 120 targets to Gibbs. <laughs> That's what people are thinking. <laughs> yeah, what are you doing, man? That's why That's why you've, you've got the St. <laughs> Brown projection all wrong. And... Oh, I mean, David Montgomery is, can still catch the ball too. I mean, people, David people Montgomery could just as easily catch more passes next year than Jameer Gibbs. It's I not. Think, it's not a certainty that Gibbs is going to catch more passes than David Montgomery. Not a certainty. I think it's likely, and it's I have, likely. I have of it projected. Course it's likely, of course, it's likely. We definitely have Gibbs projected to catch more passes. Yeah, but, but David there's Montgomery a world had, that exists has where... a long history of of being a quality receiver out of the backfield, being able to leak out, being able to make himself available, active in the screen game. This has been David Montgomery his whole career. Remember, David Montgomery, amazing tape, amazing, um, the best tape you've ever seen at Iowa State, the best tape you grinders have ever seen. I haven't he ever had a been 54 a... catch season. Yeah, he, he's been involved in the passing. He's been more involved than people can remember, even you know, think. And that's why I think that it'll hinder Gibbs's rookie year. But I still think Gibbs oh, leads. Stop the- it! Stop with these big facts, Billy. <laughs> stop with these big facts. Stop. And oh, did you see this? Look at this from Alex. Steve Smith roasted Skip Bayless today for an old take saying Johnny Manziel would be good. Steve Smith's on a, just a just that. A- well, no. Do you understand? Steve Smith is obsessed with the Podfather. You know that, right? <laughs> no, he's obsessed with me. The, the first podcast he listens to when he wakes up is mine. Go listen to my show, The Mind of Mansion. <laughs> the Mind of Mansion show dropped today at 6 a.m. And at the nine-minute mark, I played Skip Bayless debating Johnny Manziel. That's hilarious. Yeah, and where he said Johnny Manziel is going to be a star. We we're living rent free inside Steve Smith's head, according. That's to right, and and then post. so he's Steve Smith is once again, once Steve Smith once again riding my takes, right? Congrats, dude! Congrats! Wow, you found my take online. You found my take on YouTube, and you want to. And he's basically. We should invite him to the take. show. We should get him on. I think yeah. we should just. All, I can moderate is, it. Is standing on the shoulders of a, the giants in the Podfather. <laughs> Steve Smith is like climbing up onto my shoulders. A little Steve Smith, right? What is he? Five seven at this point. Five six with heels. Climbs up onto my shoulders every morning, in in, in order to have relevance in fantasy football just leveraging everything i'm doing whatever i'm doing he's like okay how do i use what the pod father's doing how do i copy and paste the pod fathers and try to pawn it off as my own speaking of relevance in fantasy football smy p ryan is gonna have relevance this year and people P-Rine. don't people don't want to admit it i mean you, you look at this team right now and we have javante williams who's Availability right now is up in the air with that with that gruesome injury. We're expecting him to miss time, right? The Broncos didn't draft a running back. They've just brought in a couple dusty ones. That it's paving the way for P Ryan to have 
a large workload to start the season. Yeah. Where are you comfortable drafting him? He goes at the FFPC right now, pick 107. He's starting oh, to climb. God. He's climbed he's climbed a quarter of a round in the last week, but where are you comfortable taking him? Pick 90? Okay. Yeah, that's I think so too. Pick 90. I mean, he's going to be fed for at least the first 4 weeks and Javante Williams at a multi-ligament knee injury. So what happens with when you tear multiple ligaments is they have to go repair one and then you let it heal. Then they go back in and they repair the next one. So it delays your rehabilitation process months. This is what happened to J.K. Dobbins. Like, how is it possible J.K. Dobbins missing games when he was injured last August? And it's like, well, because it's you're stacking rehabilitation periods that's why and that's if there's no complications and they need a revision surgery like Rashad Penny did so there's a lot that can go wrong with Javante Williams and his knee in the next three to four months well yeah you look and we could be looking backs. up and it's just Samaj P. Ryan is this year's Mike Davis Look at running backs coming off this injury too. Like, what is it? The only running back in the in the years past has been Adrian Peterson coming off ACL, finished inside the top twenty. It's crazy. It's it's a tough injury, and he, he's you know it's multiple inside that knee. It's going to be it's going to be very hard for him to come back from that. And look at what even the Bengals did when games were on the line. Who did they go to? They went to P Ryan. Yes, and and, and we, so, we were all everyone's up in arms like dfs grinders like <laughs> yeah. why why we have Mixon? what are you doing what are you doing on third down p ryan straight Definitely to p ryan what head scratcher at times but i mean they they trusted him right they trusted they him did. in the passing game well, they trusted him in pass protection i hate to be the guy that talks about what players were in college i hate to do it i love to do it p ryan was the starter at oklahoma not Mixon. They were teammates at Oklahoma, and P. Ryan was the starter. He was the thunder. Mixon was the lightning. And it was a 60-40 split. You're not allowed to be surprised. You just this, this is just discount RB2 from miles away. You can see this from miles and miles, Billy. This P. Ryan thing. You can this P. Ryan RB2 slot. You can see it for just miles. Any league, any league, best ball, need a running back. You're going hero RB, uh, your third running back. Oh, perfect, right? If you can go you know, running back and say first, second round, come back. Your second running back is Rashad White. Your third running back is Samaj P. Ryan. I'm comfortable with that. I have if those P. Ryan are my is first three running backs. That's I'm fine with that. If my wouldn't you be P run is, is RB 33 inside my rankings this year in the projections. And it's a very, very, very conservative projection. I, I still have it's con I know it is. I still have Javante Williams for a pretty equal rushing share with P Ryan here. And then this is with him missing time. You go to the passing game. I have them pretty similar again, they're both in that 31 to 33 range. It's very well possible that Javante Williams misses more time than we're expecting, misses out in the passing game, misses out in the rushing share, and P. Ryan's a top 30 back. Yeah. Yeah. Look, look at these people in the chat. Look at these people in the chat. They're such 
Gibbs tans. <laughs> they it's like it's like men in black. They just oh. gee, they reset their brains every year. And it's like they have no memory. I'm not gonna of lie, I all like of Gibbs these too. rookies struggling to capture the share that they were expected that they were projected to get. That's why all these running back projections for rookies are so fragile. And I know that when you and Dario are putting these together, you're like, man, I don't know about this projection for rookie X or rookie Y or rookie Z. It's because they get to camp and they start to struggle with pass pro. They start just not being in the right place. And then they lose trust. And then suddenly you're in the game and what happens? It's 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 an important down and distance. And there's David Montgomery again. And this is not because I hate players. I don't. That I hate young players. I love rookies. I love athletic rookies, of course. Like Jameer Gibbs is my one of my ideal archetypes of player. But if you're going to steam him up the way you're steaming him up irrationally, having no memory of how the NFL actually works in practice, then I have to stand up and say, no, sir, you are wrong. You need to go and study the history of the NFL and come back to the stream. I just want to point out that it's never a 60-40 split because you still have rushing share for the quarterback. You still have rushing share for the other running backs. You still have rushing share for some of the receivers. So realistically, if we're going to talk about the numbers. he's a rookie, right? Yeah, I I have. They're going to rotate in a Craig Reynolds. Exactly. Justin Jackson. Jackson. This is they're gonna no run Amon Ross St. Brown silly. nine touches. The they're gonna they're gonna run truth <laughs> is not something that anyone is interested in hearing. They just want hype. They just want hype, they just want never-ending hype. Why? I mean, Why would you ever I'm hyped bring up these too, inconvenient though. truths about how the NFL works? That's not fun. He's still That's gonna be very fun. involved in the passing game. I do like I, he is my RB18, so I'm not low on him by any no. means. No, no. <laughs> But can you imagine where you'd have him if it was 60 40? Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it, there's, there's, I have him 38% is where I have him as rushing share, but passing game is where he's going to make his money. I know they're saying 60 40. Yeah. <laughs> like, hello. He's not going to have 60%. No. He, he'd be like RB1. Here, I, I'm going to, I'm going to look at it actually. Let's put in 60% right now. Do, okay. Can you imagine where he is? Where do you think he's going to land? Put him at 60%. 60% and see where he ends up in the projections. Do you want to guess where he lands? Oh, man. Is he RB7? Three. <laughs> <laughs> That's a 60-40 split. RB3. Of course. Ahead of Jonathan Taylor, Barkley. He leaves you know, Bijan in the dust now. Tony oh, Pollard. Bye, Bijan. Tony Pollard's like 30 points behind him now. We got... Right. This is why we're the ones behind the microphones. This This is why we're the ones that host the shows. And you are in the comments. That's why. Because we have the ability to put in these like silly, fake, imaginary ratios. Man, if that's the same, I'm underdrafting him. You you must be. (laughs) I mean, he's a top five pick. Man, we're never gonna get to the uh, to the losers. 
No, when that's another show. That's we'll another do, show. For we'll do losers day. next week. We'll do losers next week. We got, we got, we got. Jack's coming on. Jack, yeah, we're, we're, Jack's already been pushed. We got. Does two Jack more. know he's being pushed, or is Jack going live while we're live? Jack will find out, I guess. L- let's talk about Jack Gabe is Davis. live while we're live. Is he live right now? Oh, uh, well, we're we're killing Jack right now. Sorry, Jack. Sorry, Jack. <laughs> Concurrent live streams is not recommended. That is one of the, that is one of the cardinal sins of YouTube. <laughs> Jack's like, forget these guys. I'm going live. He's like, oh, you think you're going to push me? Nope. Yeah, uh, no. Jack's like, I go live at 7 p.m. and that's just what I do. <laughs> I love it. I love I love Jack's dedication. He was like, he saw we were live and he's like, I'm going in. There. I'm going. I'm going for it. People are taking us too seriously now. Sixty percent gifts destroys Bijan. Yeah, if he has sixty percent, I don't know why. Player. I don't know why anyone would draft Bijan when they can have Gibbs. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. So strange. Oh, so strange. It's so strange. Right. And 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 also, I love that that there's still this uh, lingering belief in the Lions, as if those weren't Dan Campbell picks in the first round. That was Dan Campbell at the helm. You got to see what happens when the coach wins a political battle Mm, in the war room. He takes a middle linebacker named Campbell. That's what happens. So if you think this is some sort of rational pick that you go running back, satellite back, satellite back, right? In the top 15. No, that was not a rational pick. (laughs) It was, it was a really bad pick. I love the Lions. I they were my Lions. They were your Lions. They were our Lions for years, and now I'm off them. Now I'm back. I'm back. I've I've run back into the arms of Chris Ballard. They're now they're now our Colts. They're now so our I, Colts. L- let me just clarify this because we were joking around. I want to confuse people. So the comment was that Gibbs is going to see sixty percent of the rush share, and when you look at the math and break it down. It's just physically not going to happen because we still have David Montgomery on the team. So Justin Jackson on the team, there's still other pieces that are going to be involved inside the rushing share. If we gave him 60%, as we were joking around, there's very few players in the league, maybe a, a handful, less than five, that see 60% of the rush share in a given season. Those are workhorses. Right. Those are workhorses. Those that are was, workhorses. That was Derrick Henry, right? Those that's, are workhorses where Jameer Gibbs capped out at 150 rushes in a season in college. I love this comment. <laughs> 60% of the time, Gibbs will get 100% I mean, of the carries. <laughs> it is more likely, it is more likely that Jameer Gibbs sees 20% of the rush share than 60. I would agree with that. Yeah, the 60% is a lot. I mean, we're talking about a, a team that runs, you know, 450, 500 times a season. This, he's not going to hold up to that that volume. And and they have David Montgomery who's able to run between the tackles and is going to withstand those hits. So the joke was if we gave him 60%, you're now saying he's a, a top four, four, three back inside the league and opportunity share on the ground. Now you work in his passing volume of nearly 10%. And he's 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 now like Christian McCaffrey esque, right? Listen, <laughs> listen, Billy. This is why we're the hosts, and they're the commenters. Yes, that's why that that's why that's that's what this is. That's why this is. And fun, I, I love these comments they're about great. the Lions, where they just <laughs> they can't let it go. Another guy with a Lions logo. 
coming in saying that, no, no, Brad Holmes wanted these players. He said so. He said it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, he said it. Oh, because he said it. That means it was true. There's, there, of course, he had his hand on a Bible, right? Of course, if you've heard of Stockholm syndrome, right? Of course, if if the team picks a player in the first round, you're going to say that you wanted it if you're the general manager. Otherwise, it will negate all of your power within the organization if you admit publicly that you've been usurped politically by Dan Campbell. He can't do that. Of course not. Speaking of usurping, somebody who was not usurped inside this draft was Gabe Davis. We were expecting them to take a receiver. The Bills really only added you know, Dante Hardy inside for agency. Yes, they went out and drafted Dalton Kincaid, but outside that, Gabe Davis is safe as the wide receiver too. We're expecting them to run a little bit more 12 personnel between Kincaid and Knox, but Gabe Davis is going to be on the field in two wide receiver sets, that means. So I think that we have another safe season for Gabe Davis to perform as the wide receiver too. What that means for fantasy perspective, we're hoping he improves upon what he did last year, right? He was inconsistent throughout the entire season. You know, he, he definitely had um, some drops. He was number seven in the league in drops, which, you know, led to some of his inconsistencies. But um, from a target standpoint, he's still projected to see close to 100 targets. This offense still has Josh Allen, mm-hmm. right? They're, like I said, going to be moving towards 12 personnel. But Gabe Davis still comes out a winner inside the draft. Just be, need to be careful because he's definitively not good. <laughs> That's okay. I can agree right. with he that. has shown himself to not be good. And set in the playoffs when you get right, when you get he, he's flashed, but he's consistently not good. But in seasonal leagues, we care about opportunity first, efficiency second. And in the context of this offense, there's going to be plenty of games where defenses are bracketing Stefan Diggs and Gabriel Davis is going to eat. I don't know how consistent he's going to be. I think that he is one of the better best ball receivers. I'm much more likely to draft a player that I question their ability in best ball, knowing I can, he's going to, the inconsistency will be maddening throughout the year. So just draft him in best ball. He's a great best ball option. He's a great best ball option right now. He's probably going to go up. I'm guessing because he's such a clear winner, but these things take months to shake out fully. He's only up what a few spots. Yeah, not much. So yeah, it, it he he's gonna be going up even more. So I think now he's a great, great, great best ball, great, great best ball a pick. And the FFPC has best ball leagues too. They do 125 drafting one a little bit later. Yeah. So yeah, get Gabe Davis in best ball 100, but know that. He is a fade in dynasty that he is. That is the exact profile of a player where we're we're really excited about the opportunity and the context of the offense, but it's been revealed with the efficiency metrics for three plus years that he's an average NFL receiver. That's all he is. He still has the youth and I do have him in a handful of leagues. I have not been able to unload him. I thought he'd be easier to trade. He hasn't been that easy to trade. I don't know what's going on, but I that I was shocked 
some of the, the the trades I've proposed where I thought for sure people would be excited about Gabriel Davis, especially ha- being you know so much runway this year. Have you tried since the draft? Great target runway, yeah, and just you know, eh, eh, I'm getting a lot of eh with Gabriel no, that's Davis. So that's a bummer. Enough. That's a bummer. You know, the, the problem is, you know, player profiler is just so ubiquitous now. Most people are able to look it up, go back a couple of years, and then be like, oh man, this guy. And I'm like, yeah, I know, I know. I just want to get out of it. I want to get out of it. So I'm trying there, to get out of it in Dynasty, but I'm happy to, to ride it one more year in best ball. There is a stat that's very promising, at least for his outlook for 2023, and that's snap share, right? When he's on the field, yes. 90, 91% of the time, we're hoping that the rest of the stats follow, right? We we only saw 18, 18% of the target share, but 91.5% of snaps, he's definitely getting his cardio in, right? We saw... We, we see him run a lot of routes. He saw he ran 503 routes last year, right? That was number 23 in the league. So if we can just capitalize on this opportunity just a little bit more, he'll outperform ADP. In this context, I love target premium on player profiler, which looks at on any given target, what fantasy points per target is he delivering above or below the average bills receiver? And the indictment is that typically the outside receivers perform best because the big outside receivers, they're more often targeted in the red zone. They have the higher target depth passes. So they're, they're teed up to score more fantasy points at any given target. And yet, and yet, yet, Gabriel Davis, negative 3.5% target premium last year. Uh, Hashtag not good. He's an average guy. He's just he's just he's just average. And uh, and you might say, oh, well, that's Stefan Diggs. Yeah, but that's also factoring in Isaiah McKenzie and Dawson Knox and Devin Singletary. So get off my lawn. Who else you got? Last player we're going to talk about Traylon Burks. Burks is the big winner in the draft. Comes out. Big. You know, they, they went out and got themselves a big arm quarterback. Uh, they got they got Cody's guy, right? We come out and um, they don't really add a receiver really here. That's really going to eat into. I mean, any can of you this imagine you're, you're a receiver and you they draft a quarterback early and they don't draft any wide receivers. I mean, that's that's all you could ask for. It, it really is. I mean, you, you take a look at this offense just a, as a whole and it's 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 a little scary, right? I, I, I'm going to say just from a. Fantasy perspective, when I was going through the projections and I'm taking a look at the team, it was really gross projecting out this team. I'm not going to lie, right? Trying to, this was before Levis lands here. Like when I was trying to do Ryan Tannehill and Malik Willis, like it was gross. Derrick Henry still on the offense. So we're expecting them to run the ball. We talk about 60% rush share. Derrick Henry will see close to, if not 60% of the rush share. Oh, just close to 300 touches, by the way. That's what that means. Um, the rest of this offense, though, I mean, listen to this receiving core. Nick Westbrook, Keen right now, is projected to be the number two option in the passing game as a receiver. Chigo, Would you say that in the, Chigo in the is NFL, number two technically? Well, yeah, Chiga Kwanku is the other guy that we love here. Yeah, another big winner. So I think I think it's I think it's really a tie between Chig and, and Traylon Burke. Burke. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, they, they were both big winners. I think the two big winners at tight end were were Chiga Kwanku and I think we talked about him earlier, Irv Smith. Yeah, yeah, Irv Smith. That's right. Yeah, Irv Smith. So, but yeah, on 
is it even close? Is there is Nick Westbrook? He's the number two the clear worst number two receiver in the NFL. I think so. Off the top of my head, I think so. Off the top of my head, I can't. I can't. I mean, maybe the Patriots. Who's the Patriots number two in top? I mean, we don't even know technically right now. Patriots. Thornton. Yeah, that might be that might be equally as bad. I I I'd take Thornton over Nick Nick Westbrook Keen. At least at least you know he's going to be involved in a running game too. Are they bringing back Devontae Parker? No, Parker's gone. So who do they even have? Uh, Patriots have. Let me see here. Let's top. go to the depth charts on PlayerProfiler.com. Patriots the, have. This is this is quite the mystery. Patriots who, have Booty, who they drafted, Thornton, Juju, right as number one. Kendrick Bourne, sneaky. He could be a ten to twelve percent target share guy. Oh, it is. It is Thornton. Yeah, Parker's technically, I think, still there. He's like, but I don't. It's five percent. Yeah, I, I haven't heard that Parker's not on the team anymore. Yeah, but even when Parker is on the team, he's not on the team. Okay, so that's very close. Nick Westbrook and Tyquan Thornton is very close, but I think it could be Booty. Could be Wait, Booty. should we be drafting Booty in seasonal leagues? Uh, Kendrick Bourne's kind of sneaky. I like Kendrick Bourne. You, you'd rather have Bourne? I, I mean, Booty has the upside, but when Bourne's given the opportunity, he's actually been a, you know pretty effective. He always finds the end zone. Like he just there was a like there was a span not last year I think it was twenty twenty two where he was like. He was like a wide receiver two for like four weeks where he just always found the end zone. Booty <laughs> is booty. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think I, booty born. That's close, man. That's real. That's right there. The other uh, suggestion in the chat was John Mechie. Oh, Mechie's better than all those. I'd guys. much rather have Mechie. Yeah, Mechie's might be the one. Mechie has Woods some potential. Too. Mechie's a full-blown second-round pick. He just yeah. missed last year. I don't believe that there's long-term side effects. No, they said ready for camp. He's going to be ready already. Yeah, so I think for you know, – Mechie's a steal right now. He had, he had the cancer, kicked it. it. Kicked the cancer, baby. That's right. You love that. I, I think it's born. I think it's born with the Patriots. I don't think it's Thornton. I think it's born. And – Hey, look at this. I would rather have I would rather have Bourne. He has a typo. He said Pat's fans seem to think it's Bourne. That's right. I think it's no, it is. Oh, FF Mad Scientist. Love him. He's great. He's great. Everyone in the chat, take take after him. He knows what he's doing. (laughs) That's the guy that knows what he's doing. (laughs) Falcons. Falcons are another one. Someone mentioned the chat. That's that definitely. I I think the Falcons are the Falcons are definitely up there as well. Who's their number two? Number two for them right now is either Mac Hollins or Demir. No, it's not. Demir oh Bird. no, Mac. I would much rather have Mac Hollins. Yeah. So it's Drake Nick Westbrook than yeah. Kendrick Bourne. Oh yeah. Yeah. Drake London, um, Mac Hollins, Kaderil Hodge, Demir Bird. Those okay, are all the. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank God. Thank God they have Mac Hollins. <laughs> You got to draft Mac Hollins in best ball too. He's going super late. Yeah. You've been drafting him at all? I have actually. Cause like when you do projections and you see that he's going to see like 55, 60 targets and he's going yeah. around, he's like, you have to scroll. And when you're an underdog and you're in round 20, you have to scroll down like 20, 30 picks to find him. Because oh, that's a smash that, there. That's a, I, I've, I've mixed him. He's one of my round 20 guys. I always lock in. How, how much, how much of the Irv Smith are you getting? Irv Smith was going a lot cheaper. He's climbing now pretty significantly since he's another winner inside this. I mean, this. he's a major winner. They didn't take a tight. We thought they were going to take a tight end. They didn't. 
I just can't believe it. I can't believe they're paying him so little, and he's produced so little. He had a good and, rookie year, though. Yeah. So did Eric Ebron. That's his best comparable player profile. I mean, again, these are all unfortunate comps, right? I remember when Irv Smith came out, early second-round pick from Alabama, and so many people were talking about how many targets he was going to be, such a target magnet. With the Vikings, and they're like, "Well, Eric Ebron's a comp." I hate to tell you, they're like, <laughs> "Well, you know, this is the Vikings, and he went to Alabama, and you know, it's just like, God, boom, bitches." I hate being that guy. I really know I love being that guy. So yeah, Irv Smith just in the last week, he's up two rounds. I can't believe how lady was going in FF. Wait, in tight end premium? Wow, there was a, there was about a two week window where he oh, was going, God. where he was going in rounds like 16, 17, because it was just in that just landed in the Bengals. People hadn't really reacted yet. And then like within weeks, he just started ticking up like a round at a time. And he still hasn't climbed enough in my opinion, because you look at this offense, one of the highest expected pass play offenses inside the league. Mm-hmm. We know they're going to be moving the chains. We know they're going to have a lot of opportunity. We know they're going to be in the red zone. We saw Hayden Hurst have a, a fairly productive year last year. I mean, there's 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 a lot of a lot of things to like in regards to Irv Smith. He just they're paying him one point seven million discount. Wow, wow, they're going to war with a one point seven million dollar tight end to go win a championship. Imagine that, and they didn't draft a tight end. Do you think it was just an error? You think they just made a mistake? I think I guy, see that happening. I think the guy went drafting by, and them waking up <laughs> on Sunday morning and going, "Okay, who drew draft a tight end?" Because so to bolster that position, like uh, nobody. Wait, nobody. I think not the even guy Will went. Mallory. Nobody. <laughs> nobody. You're like, yeah, like Schoonamaker went second round. A bunch of these guys we liked, we got sniped on, and then the, the draft played out, and you know we didn't get any of the guys we wanted. They should have. They should have grabbed Koontz. That's what they should have done. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot. This is a deep tight end class. I we everybody expected them to take a tight end. They just didn't. Yeah, it was weird. It was weird. But this is why we just draft teams based on what the current reality is, and we make the NFL be rational. We make these NFL teams like beat us. Go beat us. Go be rational. And so often they don't do it. That's That's the show. That's the show. Hey, you like that video? Be sure to subscribe and activate those alerts so you get notified as soon as new videos drop. And be sure to check out playerprofiler.com. We have all the tools for you to dominate every type of fantasy league. We have a draft kit, Dynasty Deluxe, Data Analysis, DFS Dominator, and don't forget the player rankings to rule them all. Jameer Gibbs is my one of my ideal archetypes of player. I have him 38% is where I have him as rushing share, but passing game is where he's going to make his money. I know they're saying 60-40. Yeah. <laughs> like, hello? He's not going to have 
we're gonna look at it actually. Let's put it in sixty percent right now. Do, okay. Can you imagine where he is? Where do you think he's gonna put land? Put him at sixty percent and see where he ends up in the projections. Do you want to guess where he lands? Oh man, is he RB seven? Three. <laughs> That's a 60-40 split, RB3. Of course. Man, if that's the same, I'm underdrafting him. You you must be. <laughs> I mean, he's a top five pick. Ahead of Jonathan Taylor, Barkley. He leaves you know, Bijan in the dust now. Tony oh, Pollard. Bye, Bijan. 